everybody. Welcome back to The Local Youth Worker, a podcast brought to you by Reform Youth Ministries. I'm your host, John Parrott. Uh, we were encouraged to hear feedback from last week's episode with AJ and Lynn as they were discussing uh, COVID discipleship, just how they're attempting to remain faithful during this season. Uh, it's encouraging to hear from youth workers uh, from all over, uh, those uh, specifically who don't have any kind of uh, community of youth workers to be able to to dialogue and have these conversations that they've found this uh, podcast helpful as they get to hear others discuss. And uh, today that's exactly what we're going to be doing uh, with Greg and Grayson. So we hope you enjoy this. Uh, it was very encouraging for me just to be able to sit down and, and get to catch up with some friends, but also hear what the Lord's teaching them, and uh, as well as some of the specifics of how they're trying to engage with parents, as well as uh, students during this time. Uh, so I hope you enjoy that. I also want to point you to the RYM Student Podcast. We have relaunched that uh, this week. We've got uh, Matthew Eichard coming on on Tuesday, as well as Linda Oliver on Thursday. But that's going to be twice a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays, just uh, about three-minute de- devotionals uh, that uh, your students can check out uh, during the week. We hope you can use that with your students, but also encourage your parents to check that out as kind of a Devo on the go uh, for them. That could help them as they're attempting to disciple their child. So be sure to check out the RYM Student Podcast. But right now, here's my interview with Greg and Grayson. Hope you enjoy it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Local Youth Worker. Uh, today's guests are Grayson Baird and Greg Meyer. How are you guys doing today? Doing well. <laughs> Sorry, Thanks Grace. I, I, you were taking a sip of coffee right as I asked that question. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, glad to be here, John. Good to be with yeah. you guys. Yeah, glad you guys are here. And, and I'd even ask you guys pre-recording, are you both uh, at doing this from your house or are y'all at the church? What's, uh, what are you guys doing? I'm in the comfort of my own home right now. <laughs> nice. Yours looks pretty cozy. It does. It is. Yeah. I'm, I'm less cozy, but um, I'm at my office just because my, my home is swarming with little children. And so it's <laughs> a more peaceful and quiet here. <laughs> that could make for an interesting podcast though. Um, so that could be exciting. Yeah. I've had a few uh, Zoom interruptions. I don't know if you remember BBC guy from years ago. I, that's, yes. been, that's been my life during COVID. <laughs> Virtual backgrounds are, are godsend. So <laughs> <laughs> that's can be helpful for sure. Um, so listen, why, why don't we start just by telling our listeners where you guys are currently living, where you're serving, what church, all that stuff. Uh, Grayson, do you want to start? Yeah, I'm serving at a church in Nolansville, Tennessee, which is a suburb of Nashville, but I, I live in Nashville. Um, at South Point Community Church, I have been here for two years. I'm the assistant youth director, and I get to love on all the girl students that walk through our doors. Awesome. And then before that, you were in Texas. Yes, Isn't that what I've, I, mm-hmm. A couple places? Yeah. I was in Dallas for about five and a half years, six years, and then Houston for about two and a half years. Okay. All right. Greg, what about you? Yeah, I've been serving at uh, Covenant Presbyterian Church in St. Louis, Missouri. We're, we're out in the, the St. Louis County, if you know, um, just the lay of the land out here, but been here going on six years. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm a youth pastor, I get to serve our families, get to serve our, our students here and lead our team. And it's it's been a lot of fun and uh, married to Mary Jane. And um, we have three boys, uh, age seven and down uh, to Today of this recording, our, our, our two-year-old's is our two-year-old's birthday. Uh, oh, wow. Two. Yeah. Happy, and then happy we had, birthday. Yeah, I know. We had a little, little celebration this morning. Um, and then we have another baby on the way uh, around Christmas time. So I'm, I'm saying, baby, wait till t- 2021. It might be a better year for you. <laughs> but uh, we're excited. We're a girl. We're, we're waiting to, to be surprised. Wait. But I've been shamelessly praying for a girl just to love to have, <laughs> yeah. have a Mix daughter. it up a little bit. Yeah. So yeah way to go, Ben. Surprise, by the way. That's pretty rare these days. We, we've eased into that. We did that last time, and it's pretty exhilarating. Um, wow. Lots of fun. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Well, not, not to one-up you. So we did that with all of ours, and it is awesome. I mean, it's just so much fun just not knowing. And I can understand, you know, people want to plan and all that for sure, but there is something just extra exciting about it to not know until that moment. Oh, yeah. Gets the, gets the heart rate up when, when the moment, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. All right. Well, um, as I was talking to you guys pre-recording, uh, this is this season is entitled COVID Discipleship, and um, we, we've already received positive feedback. Uh, just you know, from youth workers, some who have a context where they can interact with other youth workers, but then even those who who don't, just to be able to hear youth workers talk about, okay, how can we remain faithful uh, to disciple students during this insane season of uncertainty of masks, no masks, of Zoom meetings, Zoom fatigue, all of the insanity that, you know, we, we said in many ways is, is a little more trivial than some of the more sobering aspects to this this pandemic. But uh, still, it's it's exhausting. It's draining. Um, and so it's helpful just to, to hear from other youth workers uh, kind of spread out. Uh, last, last week, we had <clears throat> uh, Virginia and Texas represented. Today, we've got Missouri, Tennessee, uh, we're still, you know, trying to spread out, go across the U.S. <clears throat> excuse me, U.S. and just kind of hear uh, what was going on. But uh, I thought we'd begin just kind of hearing uh, how you guys have been dealing with this entire pandemic, maybe speaking on a personal level of what the Lord has been teaching you, uh, and then also kind of on a ministerial level. And I know our personal lives over overlap with uh, ministerial lives. And so there, there's some overlap for sure. But uh, Grayson, do you want to start just kind of what the Lord's been teaching you kind of personally as well as ministerially? Yeah. Um, do you have a preference of which one I start with? No, whichever one you want to go with. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I guess um, a lot of COVID like, um, something big that happened before COVID hit, I lost my grandfather who was very special and important to me. And he was really big, big deal to my ministry. And like just one of my biggest cheerleaders. Mm -hmm. And that was uh, about two weeks before all of um, the quarantine stuff started. And I was still in like a very raw, sad uh, emotional spot, but I was at his funeral and there were just individual after individual would come up to me and he was a pastor. And so he, um, he meant a lot to many different people and people just came up and told me like, um, how special he was to them, how he listened very well. And just, um, they didn't comment on his advice, his wisdom. They really just commented on the way he made them feel he, he, I think the word someone used, like he was so present with me and practiced being so present with me and it meant the world of difference. I felt really heard. And I remember driving home from Jackson after the funeral and just praying. I was like, Lord, is this, is this what you want me? Is this, is this what you want me to learn from all of this? Mm -hmm. And I remember getting back to Tennessee and feeling very inspired in a way I really wanted to practice being present with students like mm. face to face. I really wanted to, um, the, my reality to be quick to listen and slow to speak. And I was like, Lord, this like, this is what you're, look, look what you're doing. And I was like, yes, I was really excited. And this was, a, <laughs> this was like literally days before COVID hit and then mm. uh, quarantine starts and then access to students is super limited or not at all for a while. And, um, I just remember thinking, what, God, what are you doing? What are you doing? I felt very um, inspired. I, the Holy Spirit really was prodding me. I was like, this is what you're teaching me. Like, I know this is what you're going to do. And I felt very convicted of this, but I wasn't really sure how, like, what is this going to look like as soon as COVID and quarantine hit? And then I genuinely thought that quarantine would last for two weeks and then we'd be over. <laughs> oh, yeah. With no... Yeah, no idea that this would last for five plus months. And so I remember being um, just very discouraged at first because like I'm not getting to do well what I really felt like the Lord was leaning me to do. And and that's like the personal, I feel like the ministry and personal mm -hmm. kind of bleed in together in your question. Mm -hmm. But, um, and so I wasn't able to practice being present with, students and parents the way I was expecting. And mm -hmm. so I think that that's kind of been something God has worked in and through me is just like following his leanings, um, like seeing what's in front of me rather than the way I wish it was. Mm -hmm. 
instead of like having the environment perfect, having the students perfect, like like asking the best questions, um, whatever I I typically operate out of. It really was just very simple and. Um, I would just practice being present with kids on the phone over text um, via Zoom. When I would drop off um, Sonic at their homes, I spent hundreds of dollars at Sonic (laughs) (laughs) the last couple of months dropping stuff off at kids' um, houses and like just being present and, and asking them questions and looking at them, not being distracted, like asking them to put down their phones, like, um, and doing the same with parents too. Cause sometimes I would just go see their parents and not them. And, mm. and I think that that has been, um, so good for my ministry, but also my heart because I'm really am like a very busy. I, I, I think that busyness is next to godliness often. Mm-hmm. And so if mm-hmm. I have a full schedule, a full week, well, that I'm doing good ministry. Um, and I'm being re- super effective, but I re- like it really has been a slow down, really see and pray and ask the Holy Spirit to like put people on my heart rather than it just like being a checklist. Mm-hmm. And so that's been so sweet to my ministry because I feel like it's so much more genuine. Um, yeah. And Grayson, remind me too, you said so many good things there. Um, going back to your grandfather, uh, didn't didn't that happen while you were at youth theater training? Am I correct in Nashville? Is yeah. that right? Mm-hmm. Okay, that, that's what I thought. And and remind me about how long did he serve? And and where was it? Was it just at First Press Jackson, or what, was it around mm-hmm. a few different places? It was all over. Um, he was in Macon, Georgia. He was in Gadsden, Alabama. He was in Coral Gables, Florida, and then he finished his um, when he retired from full-time preaching, he was at First Red Jackson. Okay. Gotcha. Do you have any idea how many years that was? I know that's, that's pretty Yeah, he, um, he was um, preaching. So he's been retired for about 20 plus years and he was still preaching until he was 91 and at the oh orchard. My goodness. He was wow. at the orchard in, in Jackson um, and he traded off every two weeks and up until he was 91, he was preaching every other Sunday. <laughs> That's amazing. He, but he has been a ministry. He was a minister for 62 years. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. I, I thought it was a while. I mean, heard his name so many times and, and know that he impacted many. So it's just interesting to hear that testimony and how that ties into this season. And it's also interesting too, just to kind of say how, you know, you have this intimate moment with the Lord praying and you're thinking, okay, this is where he's leading me. And he answers it in a slightly different <laughs> way but um yeah but interesting to, to hear that so thank you for for sharing that um greg i'd love to hear just personally ministerially and as grayson just said so much overlap there so uh, share just a little bit about what's been going on yeah i, I definitely say an amen to the overlap um <laughs> it's kind of the nature nature of things uh, i kind of have uh kind of two pictures or kind of parables the way i've kind of has been for me um at first, you know, I, I feel like my world got, got shrunk, you know, and it was kind of funny towards the beginning of uh, quarantine. Uh, we watched uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids with our, with our, with our kids. <laughs> and I was here watching it. I was like, this is life, you know, um, especially the part where they're in the backyard um, and they're just trying to get home and like all the just normal relational life things have just gotten way harder um, and their world has gotten a lot smaller, but and a little bit more daunting. And mm-hmm. so uh, that that's kind of a, what it's felt like for us. I know, um, depending on your living situation for different people, um, you've got challenges with community, you've got challenges with solitude, and those kind of collide. And I hit a point, I think, I don't, I want to say it was maybe April-ish around, around Easter, where I just had, I like hit a wall and I was like, I have to rethink everything I'm doing just at home in ministry. And I just kind of had to like sit down and work it out with the Lord and just, you know, pray, write it out and came up with a new plan and just started moving forward. Um, and I, I think I just needed to do that. So, so shrinking, shrinking the world, which had some real, has had some really good benefits, just being able to commune with God, to, to just sit with Jesus, 
to really just let him love me and receive his love in the midst of all this, um, just to enjoy my home, to enjoy my, my family, enjoy my kids, look them in the face more mm. and just enjoy being with them and being thankful for, for all the good things. You know, we, my wife and I were sitting down one night and just like, just stressed out about everything. You know, you pick, pick a day in the last five months. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, we're just sitting there and, you know, I was like, we've got to, we've got to zoom out and we've got to zoom in, zoom out. Remember the big story. Remember how God's at work and all of this. Remember mm. how he's, he has never left the throne. He, um, he's working all things towards his ends. He loves us. And um, remembering that, but then also zoom in like right now here in our living room, things are okay. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're, God is, a, God is blessing us. God is with us, even in our own personal struggles, even in our local community struggles and in, in the national and world level too. Um, so, so zooming in, zooming out, feeling like the world's shrunken. And then um, uh, the, the, the other one was uh, just a cl- time of clarification just things being clarified, what's important, um, how important I am, you know, that's kind of always a battle for someone in, in ministry, um, knowing that your, your, your role is valuable, is significant, but also just feeling like it's not at all. And that's so true in youth ministry. <laughs> <laughs> I laugh because we all know that's so, uh, such a, a real thing. Um, but, you know, kind of, kind of the idea of you're, you know, you're important, but not that important. Um, and it's always a good reminder. And, and the, you know, the, the side benefit of that is, Hey, uh, take a break, you know, make sure you're mm-hmm. taking care of yourself catch. And, you know, maybe just an opportunity to catch up on taking care of yourself, uh, taking care of your family, spending time um, on those things that are most important, kind of just to step back, reevaluate, Hey, am I, are my priorities right? You know, am I pursuing it's the things that I say that I'm about in life and ministry, really what, um, really what I, what I say they are. Am I, am I doing that? Um, am I living that out? And uh, how can I make that shifts? You know, Anytime God brings disruption into our lives, it's an opportunity to to step back and reevaluate. So it's really been a lot of that for me. And so I go back to the, I know this is an RYM phrase. I think this is our conference theme one year, but, you know, God is at work even when it feels like he's not, you know, it's definitely yes. been a lot of that. Um, so just a, just a reminder, I know this, but just a reminder of, you know, you know, the emphasis is on people and personal interactions, relational depth and not programs and all the stuff we're doing. And so I've really shifted a lot more to just, like Grayson said, just check in and with people. I, I was just thinking, what do I need in this time? And it's probably what other people need. Mm-hmm. I need people praying for me. I need people checking with me, see how I'm doing. You know, uh, anytime somebody brings by a meal or, or, you know, just kind of that personal touch. So we, we did a lot of uh, note writing to students, um, texting everybody, uh, reaching out. I've been reaching out to parents, you know, via email, things like that. Just asking for prayer requests. Just, yeah, another reminder, hey, prayer is really essential to what we do. You know, we know that, <laughs> we know that, um, but really um, digging in. And, and that's the reality is, you know, longer been in ministry. There's so many tough situations. And, and a lot of times the, the only thing you can do is pray. And just leaning into that mm-hmm. and trusting Jesus because we are not superheroes with capes on <laughs> as much as we might feel like we are sometimes. Wait, um, what? But, is that news to you? Sorry. Oh, huh. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just ruining your, ruining your life. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Wait, what? I know. Rethinking uh, everything now. Exactly. But yeah, just the the reemphasis on prayer. Um, and so that that's been a the big big shift, and it's been in some ways energizing to me, kind of getting back to the basics and what I love about ministry and what's most important. And there's been a sense of urgency kind of injected into um, the lives of our families and our church. Just we all have a similar struggle. We all have similar challenges um, and it's a little humbling too, because if we zoom out a little bit, like the going back to the zooming out is um, for not, 95, I'm just picking a statistic, 95% of us, most of this is first world problems. Hmm. I'm not everybody. Don't get me wrong, but um, how do, how are we handling some of that? And, and just what does our resilience look like as Christians hmm. um, when, when the expectation ought to be that things are not going to be going our way, things are going to be hard. Um, and, persevering with joy, uh, loving Jesus as he loves us through it is really what it's about. And so I've been challenged personally with that and then, and walking with, with students and families as they're wrestling with that too. So all those things, you know, it's kind of a, kind of a con- convergence of all the things. Yeah. Yeah. Now I was thinking as you were talking, I wish I had a transcript of what Grayson said and what you just said and just so many good things y'all are bringing up that the Lord's teaching you so many helpful things to reflect on because it's, 
I mean, similar to what you, you said is the Lord loves to use us in ministry. The Lord is pleased to use us in his church and he does work through us with the gifts that he's bestowed. And at the same time, he doesn't need us, you know, <laughs> that he's going to continue to work. I mean, I, I remember hearing Mark DeVries say this years ago, actually at Youth Theater Training, and it's in, I think, his book, Sustainable Youth Ministry, that we're all interims, mm -hmm. uh, that we will all be replaced. Someone else, whatever, you know, whoever's listening to this, whatever position mm -hmm. you're serving in, someone else is going to replace you. Um, or Jesus is coming back and that's great. <laughs> um, but, but to that think of just, good. yeah, I think I'll, I'll, I'll take that any minute now. Um, but yeah, it's just uh, the perspective that we've gotten from this. Um, again, always wanting to, to not make light of the situation, but there's many ways in which this entire season is such an amazing gift from the Lord um, mm -hmm. to give us perspective, to force mm -hmm. us to slow down, to force us to reevaluate absolutely everything we're doing on a personal level, on a ministry level. Um, and so it's just, it's so interesting to hear, hear you guys share uh, some of that. And I know we're, we're kind of already getting into, okay, how are you seeking to disciple students during this season? Um, but I'd love for y'all to kind of unpack that a little bit more. I mean, you've already shared some from note writing to prayer to, you know, picking up Sonic and dropping that off. And uh, Grayson, why don't, you, why don't you start? What's What's been working as you're trying to disciple students as well as what has not worked? <laughs> I feel like um, I've been, I've had to like pivot so many times mm. throughout all of this COVID nightmare of sorts. Um, and when everything was starting up, of course I have, I really do like doing, um, making things pretty and like having digital like Instagram campaigns, having Bible studies. And I like, I like had a hodgepodge of resources available and I was like, yes, this is going, like, this is going to work. Um, I had all these, this dreams of grandeur of like games and like, and doing all the things. And um, it caused so much uh, stress and anxiety to put those things on. And, and just the, I think someone said this last week, but this, the concept of being digitally fatigued, mm -hmm. um, kids are, were sick of being in front of their screens. Parents were feeling so much guilt about letting their kids be on screens. And so there, it was, I was, um, kind of left with like, okay, so, um, reassessing probably at the end of May and being like, okay, so summer, actual summer now is in front of us. And what is, what is discipleship and caring for hearts and souls and minds of students going to look like without things like camp, without things like our normal, um, I think the, the goal typically with our summer ministry and summer schedule is it's high fellowship oriented. Um, and we, ha I had so many parameters I had to work around and I, we couldn't really do a lot of those things. Mm -hmm. Um, and so discipleship has, has been hard and it's looked different with every individual. Um, and so like big picture, um, it has been like providing resources to parents, like, and really pushing this concept of family devotion, which a lot of parents have not been doing some families. It's part of the, the culture in their family and like the fabric of how they, work as um, a family unit. But then a lot of parents are like, um, I think we've opened the Bible in our home with our kids maybe five times in our lives. And so it's, um, it's, it was even hard for parents because, and it was hard for me because I am low key a control freak. And like, I, I was just like, okay, well, this is how I want it to look. And parents were just coming to me. They're like, Grace, I don't feel equipped how to actually like disciple my kids. Cause I, I, really took that role on like being a spiritual discipler and really like leaning on parents was my big takeaway from this time. Um, and which was hard. Mm -hmm. uh, lots of hard conversations, lots of tears from moms and dads who are like, I don't know how, I don't know how to do this. Um, because they, in a way, a lot of this has been like, they outsource to the youth, like, uh, student ministries to really grow, teach, disciple their children. Um, I, many parents wouldn't say this, but this is, I think, like the undertone of make Jesus exciting and attractive to my kids because I can't do it. So I want you to do it. 
and um, I was feeling that rub a lot. And so that, like, and that was another pivot I had to like take into consideration too. And so it, but discipleship over the last couple of months has looked different, but um, especially with girls that I have been like discipling for over two years or like have that very intentional conversation or ability to have those intentional conversations. Um, it would be, we'd go on walks. I would call them. They would FaceTime me. Um, I did start having uh, in-person Bible studies outside probably the beginning of June. And so I, um, we were doing more in-person Bible studies or in-person book discussions or, um, things towards the end of the summer, but it really was like a going from a large group model to maybe a small group model to really just a ton of one-on-ones. Mm-hmm. And so it was, um, really interesting to see all of those morph around. And, and so that's kind of what discipleship looked like for the summer of sorts, but lots of, um, letter writing that I feel like that was like one of the low key things that was mm-hmm. actually a game changer because you're looking at something that, cause again, they're on screens. Parents are sick and tired of emails. Um, and they're just like, no more. I don't want any, any more emails. And so I just I had to reassess like, how am I communicating and like, what's working? Like, how do I effectively get out the disseminate the information I really want families to know whether that be resources or if it's um or if it's just like hey we're doing a large group meeting we're doing a move outdoor movie night whatever um and so i just started doing a lot of letter and snail mail and kids would take pictures of things that i wrote them and parents would comment thank you for sending this letter to so and so like it meant a lot and so looking at what what kids were constantly just getting inundated with, which was screen time, Instagrams, text, all these things, but they n- never got mail. And so they were able to like actually look at something and like put it on their mirror or put it mm-hmm. on their fridge. And so that was like, it was an unintentional, but God's gift of like realizing that you can disciple through a piece of paper too, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Again, so so much good stuff there. It, it is interesting during the season how we've taken a step back to kind of older forms of technology because we would say, you know, letter writing is a form of technology for sure. Um, but to, to think of just the tactile nature of, you know, how many children, kids, youth have, have actually gotten a letter, you know, and maybe went to the mailbox and opening up an envelope and pulling the letter out and looking. I mean, just, you know, there's so much in our society right now that we can't actually touch and feel, you know, I mean, as we like move our hands up and down a screen on a smartphone, Mm -hmm. um, that's about it. Uh, So to hold a letter like that, it's just, it's so interesting to hear how the Lord has used that during the season. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of good stuff there, Greg, what are some of the things that have worked for you and have not worked as much? Well, I have a lot, amen to a lot of things uh, Grayson said, you know, we did, we did a lot of uh, note writing, trying to write to all of our students and um, yes, exactly what you said. It's, it's amazing. They, I've heard stories too, you know, students will get a note or a letter and they'll, they'll put it on, like you said, on their mirror and they'll look at it. And it really is kind of enduring kind of encouragement. And especially if you can send some, some scripture their way on that, kind of get mm-hmm. them, pull them into the word a little bit and directly. And, uh, you know, this is what people in the church have been doing a long time, you know, so it's, uh, it's still effective. Um, I know it's been a lot to me when people have, have sent me notes and letters. Um, also kind of piggybacking on what, uh, Grayson said just about flipping things. Um, I, I was talking to one of our mutual friends, uh, Justin Pillsbury, about this, and he was he was saying that was the way he was thinking about it too. Is you know a lot of times we put so much time and energy into the large group stuff, and then flipping it and and, and using that energy more for one on one and contact ministry. Um, so, you know, small groups as well, but um, that's really the way we've been thinking about it, especially since the beginning of uh, the summer when we had more and more flexibility to do things. And so, yeah, just thinking about flipping things, really just pursuing students one-on-one small group. Um, over the summer, we were grateful to get to do home groups. So we split up um, by grades in different homes, studying the same kind of, going through the same series. Um, we did a series on Ruth and had uh, kind of sent our staff and, and volunteers to different locations. And um, and that was really, God really used that. And we were really encouraged with the, the turnout for that because, you know, everybody's craving an in-person time and we're able to do it outside just kind of an appropriate way. And, um, really and Greg, work, yeah. I, I'm 
No, I'm interrupting you. Can you just logistically talk about that a little bit of yeah, staff, how you broke that down? Yeah, I'd, I'd love to kind of hear So we have a little more staff in the summer. We had two college summer interns and so that really helped and they were rock stars this summer. Um, they were great, seriously. Like they, they came in and just made it. They, I, they didn't know what they were expecting. I told them, I was like, you know, I don't know what this summer's gonna look like. And they just Why, why don't you give them a shout out? Yeah, so uh, Caroline Brands, <laughs> she's a student at um, University of Arkansas and Ethan Davitt, who's up at Wheaton College. And they actually were in our youth group and then, uh, you know, came back, yeah, which was awesome. Nice. They yeah. were great. So they, they killed it this summer. Um, anyways, yeah, so we, we have, uh, normally we do our junior high and then senior high right after each other. And so we did the same thing. And so we sent some, some leaders to different homes for seventh and eighth grade. Um, we don't have sixth grade in our, in our middle school ministry, but um, we sent them to that. And then we had like a 30 minute kind of time in the middle. And then we sent, and then we sent kind of all, all the rest of our leaders and had kind of a mixture of staff and volunteers. And I, I would just go to a different one each week. Um, and then, so we'd have different leaders of different, uh, teaching and kind of leading the discussion. So a lot of it was just hanging out at first, just kind of out, outdoor catching up, had some, you know, individually wrapped snacks and things like that. (laughs) Very important. You guys having to wear masks and social distance and all that. Yeah, it was kind of a, um, we were trying to kind of go along with our guidelines here. And so St. Louis County has been, we've probably been the most strict in, uh, Missouri, but the, the guidance for the most part has been, you know, um, wear a mask outdoors if social distancing isn't possible. So that's been hard. That's been really hard <laughs> to kind of uh, nudge towards social distancing. And, and, you know, every church has a variety of different comfort levels and what they're um, kind of what, what they're trying to do as a family um, within those guidelines of, of that, are, that are given. And so um, it, that's been a kind of tightrope walk for sure. Um, and we've kind of struggled with how to do that well. Um, doing it better and not as good other times. But um, uh, I, I was really encouraged. I, I, f- I felt, especially because of that, we moved forward as a ministry in the summer instead of just stagnating. Um, and I think we had to completely rethink things like Grayson said too. And um, so that's been a big part of it. Um, other stuff I'd add is just, you know, checking with folks more frequently. You know, like I said before, that's what people are really needing, I think, um, in a variety of different ways. Um, I always go back to the, I, I don't know if you were Office fans, but if you remember Ryan in the office, he had this creation called Woof, which basically <laughs> you, send a, you send a message on all modes of communication at once, even like facts and stuff like that. And so we joke, we joke and say we woof things to people, which is fine because, you know, people check different things. And so mm-hmm. we kind of have different target things for, for students and for parents. And so uh, we, we woofed <laughs> things. Uh, we continue to woof things. Um, <laughs> Uh, we collected prayer requests and just praying through the directory, um, just trying to each day, trying to be in the, in the, in, uh, in prayer for our families. Um, mm-hmm. and we did some more online resources. You know, I'm not a, you know, like, like Grayson was saying that people are, were inundated with technology all the time in the past. I'm kind of like, let's just zoom back from that. But we did, we had, we kind of engaged more on Instagram, trying to do kind of more video interaction, kind of drawing students into things promoting different things. We did some kind of funny videos here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we, uh, I, we did a, um, for, since we couldn't meet for Sunday school, we did, uh, we filmed a YouTube teaching series uh, on, on how to read your Bible. Um, we called okay. it the ways of the word. And so uh, one of my interns, Caleb Blow, he's a, also a rock star. He, uh, he, he just knows how to do this stuff. And he figured out how we can do YouTube because we were doing YouTube live in the spring kind of for our, our youth group for, for a while. And so we learned how to kind of do that and we, we, we bought some equipment and we said so we recorded, uh, recorded this series and that was kind of like Sunday school and, you know, kids can go and check it out. And we thought it'd be a great resource to have in the future. You know, mm-hmm. if we, I mean, with a student, they're like, Hey, I don't know how to do this. Like, I don't know what I'm doing with my Bible. And it's like, Hey, let's, let's watch this and talk about it. And I know some of our families have watched it together and to kind of spur them on. And we, we try to put a bunch of resources in the description. So it's kind of like endless. You could spend, hours and hours and hours if you wanted to on this. I, I, but if you really want to be depressed, you just go look in the, um, the statistics on YouTube. <laughs> on how, <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah, how long people actually watch your videos. It's, it's sad. Um, it really is. <laughs> so that, that would say that in general. Um, and I would say from families like Grayson was saying too, you know, people are just appreciative. You know, this time mm-hmm. it's like any, any effort that's, you know, sincere and just, com- you know, with compassion is really appreciated. And and so we've been encouraged that the things we've been trying to do, you know, we're all in this together, figuring out, mm-hmm. you know, what this should look like. And that's going to be different from church to church too. And because we've had a little bit more strict um, kind of requirements from our local government here than other places. And 
And mm-hmm. so, yeah, everybody's kind of had to figure that out for their own. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I would also say uh, Zoom groups were the worst. Um, not my favorite. <laughs> worst. They were the absolute worst. I think one of our small groups uh, for high school guys, we had a guy playing FIFA and I, and like during it, you know, we had uh, at any given time, there were maybe two guys on screen. Like it was, it was bl- blank screen or it was frozen where, you know, they were on another app or uh, we, we had a guy who took a screenshot of himself on it and then he was like not there, <laughs> but it was a picture <laughs> of him. <laughs> so uh, it was the worst because, I mean, it's as hard as it is to do small group in person sometimes, mm. you know, it was just even harder, but home groups was much better because mm. um, like you said, everybody's just digitally exhausted and oh, yeah. I, I'm the same. I, I was right there with everybody. So yeah, great. yeah. And look, I, w- I want to ask you guys to talk a little bit about parents, but before we do that, just kind of quickly, what are the plans for this fall um, as you're moving forward? And I mean, you can get into restrictions as well, but what you're, you're planning on doing, Grayson, if you want to share, and then Greg as well. Yeah, so we are, so in, um, in my context of where I'm working, um, the youth pastor I had been working alongside for the last two years rolled off the week before quarantine started and then we have a new coworker that started on monday so um for the last five months it's just looked different and so thankfully like i'm so ready for some stability and some like a rhythm to start again but our goal is to start meeting in person the wednesday after labor day and because of like a lot of things that we've talked about greg you've mentioned so many things about just kind of like pivoting and relooking and like reassessing how we're doing things and do they work or do they not work? Um, are they effective or are they not effective? And so that's kind of really inspired a change of our model of Wednesday nights. We're going to be shifting from um, historically uh, high school only met on Wednesdays and we did large group. It was a large group driven and then small groups would break out and talk about what we discussed as a group. And then um, Sunday nights or Sundays were middle school oriented. And so we're actually doing them all together now. Hmm. And so we are going to be shifting from like a more large group driven ministry to small group driven. So like our time together will be brief, will be social distance. Um, and we're starting all, um, but, and then just having breaking up by grade and gender uh, and then spreading out throughout the church. And really the, the big thing is just like constantly meeting because I feel like there had been a lot of different um, like seasons where some things are working well. We, we would stop meeting consistently with middle school. And so really it's just kind of like um, our, our church's vision is, is discipleship. And so like really discipling well, but um, doing things smartly and not like doing too much and putting a lot on the youth staff to like make it happen. And so I think, this is going to be awesome and I'm really hopeful and ready for this to happen, but we are starting the Wednesday after Labor Day and we'll be meeting as long as we can mm-hmm. um, with pivots, of course, with outbreaks and um, and all of that. But so we're going to be starting that soon and I'm really excited. Yeah. Yeah. And I think small groups, they're just, they're the way to go. Um, I mean, especially mm-hmm. during this season, uh, just yeah. for, you know, so many people are just, again, we've been talking about the, the fatigue of, of Zoom, but then if you gather in a large group and you're just still kind of sitting out there, but the intimacy that the small groups uh, affords is, is so helpful. So Greg, what, what were you guys thinking about? We're doing, we're starting the same time. I, we kind of gave a little more time for folks to settle into school. I thought that was a wise thing. And we've had a couple staff transitions, so it was good for us too. Um, but yeah, we're, we're going to, we're going to meet, uh, we have, um, in person outside, we have a youth house, but um, our, our school, we have a three, three K through sixth grade school and fifth and sixth grade is, has their classrooms in the youth house this year um, for the time being. And so um, we're, we're kind of subletting the youth house. Uh, <laughs> and so we're getting creative with it, but we're, we're planning to be outside as long as we can, you know, in St. Louis, it gets, it starts to get more, a lot colder kind of mid late October. So we're, we're going to be figuring that out. Um, but we're, we're planning to do something similar. What we normally do is kind of gather, um, have our worship time and lesson and then break into small groups. So we'll just continue that, um, but may um, kind of have a shorter kind of fellowship time at the beginning. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's our, that's our plan. We do junior high first for, for two hours. And then we have, um, we have a senior high right after that. And so 
we'll, we'll continue with that. And again, like Grayson said, you know, I, I think you have a four to six week planning window and you just, you know, that's what you work with and that's okay. And it's okay to fly by the seat of your pants a little bit because everybody is, and you're just trying to make, you know, be wise as things arise. But um, we're looking forward to it. We're, we're planning to do a series uh, on emotions for the whole semester, kind of big picture, but then looking more specifically at different emotions because we got all the feels right now from all kinds of things and um, just how to unpack that. What, how does emotional maturity fit into spiritual maturity? Um, mm -hmm. And so um, I'm looking forward to it because I've had a lot of things I've been feeling and, mm -hmm. um, and it's been an important part of my, my growth as a believer um, and as just a person to learn how to, to understand emotions and make sense of them. So that's, that's our plan right now. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> what you can say, but uh, we're, we're grateful to get to meet in person and trying to be wise about it. And mm -hmm. everybody's hungry to be back together. So that's an encouraging thing. Yeah, absolutely. Now that, that sounds great. Look, I want to shift this a little bit to talk about parents. I know we, we've brought them up as we've uh, had this discussion already, but uh, what are some of the struggles that you guys have had as you've been dealing with parents that are kind of unique to this season? I'm, I'm not trying to get you to be, uh, you know, too <laughs> behind the scenes or, or answer too bluntly, um, no names, anything like that. Um, but yeah, just some of the struggles that you've been uh, dealing with, with, with parents. Um, Greg, Grayson, I'll, I'll let you guys fight over this one. Who wants to go first? Can I'll let Greg start first. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's good. <laughs> well, um, honestly, I, I haven't felt, I wouldn't say I would use the word having struggles with parents. I, you know, I'm noticing parents are really more overwhelmed than normal. You know, mm -hmm. usually it's, there's overwhelmed because of just busyness, but now it's like being overwhelmed just, and I can relate to this as a parent of elementary kids, you know, like I, I don't know what to expect and I want good things for my kids and I can't do anything about that. Mm -hmm. Like I can't control the things that, I used to maybe think I could control and it's really, it's, it's upending. And, um, you know, you, you feel so, so deeply for your kids and you, um, and you see them struggling and, and losing things. And so there's a lot of grief and just feeling overwhelmed by all the emotions, um, you know, grieving losses that have already occurred from the spring and the summer um, and anticipating losses that you might come. And that, that's what I'm hearing a lot from, from our uh, students and parents as, as I hope things can, like if they're meeting in person for school, like I hope this can keep going as long as possible. I, I hope that we can have uh, a soccer season. You know, I hope we can can do the things we, we, we love to do. Um, even with our youth group, like I hope we can go on our winter retreat and we just, we don't have certainty of those things. Um, so I, I guess a, str a struggle with, um, I, maybe it was just me knowing how to, how to support them best when I feel very detached. And like something I said earlier about sometimes you feel like the only thing you can do is pray, hmm. you know, just feeling like that. Like, I really want to make things easier for you. I really want to help you encourage you. So a lot of it's been praying and a lot of it's just been, Hey, reminding reminders of the gospel, you know, um, Jesus is with you and all of his power. Um, Jesus is compassionate towards you. The father is, you know, throwing his mercy at you every day and uh, you, you rest secure in him and just kind of reminding myself of that, reminding our families of that, and trying trying to resource them, you know, um, we, CPYU's uh, family family devotionals been sending that uh, to our parents, just giving them resources to to lead their parents. And and I, you know, I haven't as many conversations as Grayson said she had about um, parents' struggles with that. I'm sure that's a struggle for our families. Mm -hmm. um, it's weird. Like we're we're trying to do it more with with our kids as they're getting older, and uh, it's just wildness. Um, <laughs> there's some really things but it's it's really hard and and especially when you're not used to it and you know kids you may not want to participate in it um that's hard so um that's something i want to explore a little bit more but i wouldn't say struggles i would just say me not trying to trying to figure out how to help you know has been mm -hmm. kind of kind of challenge yeah yeah kind of maybe forcing some more intentionality in certain areas and, and all that but no, that's that's great grace and uh, what are some thoughts there um i have a couple of things um, so in our context, um, we uh, like 85% of my students are public school and our kids are split between two counties and one county, Williamson County is going back to school in on um, today. They start like lower high school starts back today and then um, upper high school goes back on Monday and they'll assess every two weeks. But then Davidson County, which is Nashville Metro, they have decided 
this past week that they're going to be doing virtual school until October. And I think it's the end of October. And so I have a vast array of parents, especially two um, parents that are working in and out of the home, like um, kids who are at home with their younger siblings. Um, And so I feel like the anxiety, like that's the thing that I have with parents right now is they are anxious. They are, um, unsure they like they have a hard time getting through the day and i think that that is um difficult for them because they have this the green dreams of grandeur maybe of like i i can go through this worldwide global pandemic and do everything well and like uh have my southern like be southern and great and do everything so effortlessly and perfect and they're kind of feeling the rub of like i I can like, I can only make it through one day. And I was like, I like, that's where God wants us to be. Like, we're not promised tomorrow. All you can do is make it through today. And so a lot of my ministry in the last five months has opened up more to parents because um, Mm. I was having this conversation last week with the mom, but she made the comment of, she never knew how accessible I was to her because she wanted um, the relationship I had with her daughter to be the priority. She wanted me to be at me to be a safe place, a wise, a mentor to her daughter. And she just wasn't sure like, well, can I ask you questions? And I was like, well, of course. And so then that just made me reassess. Do, am I putting myself out there available a resource to parents in a way, like asking them the same questions I actually ask their kids, like um, pursuing the parents' hearts as much as I'm pursuing students' hearts. And, um, And so that's been like super interesting, but also I think it's going to be a game changer just because uh, who, like who are the best teacher, like that, not teachers, but like the best promoters or your best cheerleaders are going to be parents. Mm -hmm. Like um, moms talk. Moms are the word, like the, are great marketing for you. (laughs) Like, oh my word. And um, I don't think we've been utilizing that in the past. And so I think that this is really healthy for our, our student ministry, but um, that's a positive note, but on a struggle note, um, I've, I've kind of already mentioned some of it. It's the, how do I, how do we equip parents to partner with the church in raising their children and pointing them to Jesus and like, understanding who they are and understanding who God has made them to be and how they fit in this kingdom story. And a lot of parents really have, like my parents outsource my spiritual growth to my youth pastor growing up. Um, and he was, he was great and fabulous about it, but like, how do we, um, how do we partner better? And I don't think that that's been something that has been of the highest priority or like something that I've even thought about in the past. And so, um, even before COVID hit, the children's director at my church and I had just been in constant con- conversation because um, she would get frustrated um, and she had kin- like uh, nursery to fifth grade. And she would just ask parents like, hey, will you, like, what are y'all doing for family devotional? And parents are like, what is that? Like, we don't open the Bible together. We're like, that's, that's kind of your job. Is, is what she may have been told a time or two. And so kind of just like having these like kind of heated discussions of like, I know, I feel like parents are wanting me to parent their children too. And so how can we have a intertwined, because we want the same thing. We want mm-hmm. their kids to know and love Jesus, to be, to grow in maturity, to make, to be wise men and women um, and to, and to live in gospel truths in where they live, work and play. And so that is a big cup topic of conversation that we are having as a uh, children's to student ministry. And one thing that has been super helpful, uh, like a resource I did over COVID was the spec Bible tool. Um, I mean, it's as old as dirt. I feel like they were using this in this. My mom used this in the seventies when she was involved with RUF, but it's um, an acronym spec and you can really use it with any um, scripture. And it's like, it helps you read scripture, interpret scripture, know, give context to scripture. And so we would 
we would do it as a large group when I met with um, my small groups throughout the summer. I gave it to families. They were doing it as a family together. And then kids could read the Bible on their own. And so that's kind of the point to kind of like, I want to make them students of the word and like and uh, ministers of the gospel and like carry it out. And so that was one small tool, but it's just an ongoing conversation that we're having. Just how do we have a better partnership with parents to where it's like, I don't know. And maybe y'all have some helpful things that have worked or things that y'all are doing, or maybe y'all have felt this frustration or rub. I think everyone does in some capacity, but I feel like it's, it really is taking up a lot of our, my mental space, really just thinking about how can we do this better? Mm. And, and I think too, I mean, just as you're saying this kind of some of the, the positive that has come from this, it's just kind of forcing some of these questions and forcing us to kind of process and um, have some of these discussions of how to best, you know, equip parents and something, but before we move on, cause I know we're going to be closing this out before too long. As you said, the spec, is, is that an acronym or yeah, something? I, I it don't is. Know, the only one S-E-E-C-K. Um, uh, the S stands for what is the sin in this passage? Is there, is there something that's going on that, um, that is broken is sinful? Does it reveal something about our nature? The, um, the P is what are, what are God's promises that you find in this passage? The E is like, what example do you find of Jesus? Um, the C is something <laughs> whatever it is it's good it's really good <laughs> yeah it's really good the c stands for like what are what does god require of us like what are his commands um okay. and then the k is like knowledge what like what do you learn about god his character hmm. his nature and some passages all five questions will be answered sometimes only two will some like um and so it kind of helps that you're asking the same questions constantly over and over again. So then they're not having to go back to the questions. They're able to actually look through that acronym and, and do it on their own. Mm-hmm. That, or you do it. That's good. And if anybody puts me on the spot for an acronym, I'm going to forget one in that moment. So <laughs> no, yeah. no shame there. No I shame wasn't there. prepared for this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, w- I would say one last thing about that, uh, about the interacting with parents you know it's something we talk about all the time is, is a big part of what you know the way we we approach youth ministry is partnering with parents you know some people say you know being a bridge between the family and the church um but you know i would agree with grace and this this uh the covid season has really kind of put renewed emphasis and kind of pressure to figure that out what does that actually look like you know part of it is a, is a struggle because um, many youth workers are not in a place long enough to develop the deeper relationships with parents but if you are able to do that, um, there really is a richness of ministry and a depth of ministry that, that it, you have way more influence than you would have on students um, than, than you do with, when you, you would have just spending time with just them. Um, but it is, it is a challenge to figure out because I don't think many people have done it well. Um, and it's different in each context. Mm-hmm. And, um, and obviously we're in a weird season. So mm-hmm. um, I, I felt that same pressure and, uh, but I'm excited by it. I'm not, I, I hear that with uh, Grayson too is, this is something that excites us because we, we know we know the impact and we know that the importance of this, but um, I think parents don't know how to do it either. So we're, we're all trying to figure this out <laughs> at the same time. And so um, I'm encouraged as well in our context at our church, um, continuing in that. And that's, um, that's something I hope that kind of comes out of this um, more, more partnership, um, the church and the, uh, the family to raise, raise kids to the glory of God. Uh, yeah, that's some great perspective there of just the excitement and uh, it kind of uh, yeah, deepening that partnership between parents and youth workers together uh, to disciple students. Now, that's that's encouraging. Look, Greg, Grayson, we're, we're, we're closing this out, but is there anything else you want to add as we close this out? Um, a word of encouragement, a question that you're kind of wrestling with, anything as we start to, to close this out? I'll give a shameless book plug. Is that okay? absolutely yeah <laughs> not my not not anything i've written but um no the and, and this has been going around so this won't be a surprise to people but uh dane ortland's gentle and lowly um the heart of jesus for sinners and sufferers um something i've kind of meditated on this uh this covid season and you, and we all need to hear it that jesus is really um he is who he says he is he, he really is a compassionate savior he really is gentle and lowly in heart and meets us. And he moves towards us when we, in our struggles with sin. 
mm -hmm. um, in our struggles and in our, in our weakness. Um, that actually moves into pity and not, not anger. And that's just been something so life-giving to reflect on, um, which just encourage to get into that. They, the Crossway, I think, even has a, has a podcast devotional series, like two weeks. They're like three minutes long each day. Um, I sent that out to our families, just like, guys, this is just pure gospel mm -hmm. um, encouragement, and, and we need it. Because one of the things he says in the book is it takes a lot of, a lot, a lot of sermons and a lot of suffering for us to actually believe that God is the way he says he is and mm. to kind of deprogram ourselves from our, our kind of tendencies to think of God like, like being like one of us um, when he really is merciful, fatherly, compassionate, kind. Um, and and he, he shows all that in the person of Jesus. And I just, that's refreshed my spiritual life. Um, and I'm, I just, I'm just walking around telling everybody about it. So here we, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> that's sounds like that's going to be book of the year. I mean, just it people to continue be. to talk about that book. And um, it, it's just interesting to think in God's providence that this book came out at this time mm -hmm. <laughs> during this season of the pandemic. Um, so it's Grayson, anything you want to add from a book recommendation to just question yeah. you're wrestling with anything like that? I'll do a plug too. Cause Greg did it. I'll do it. <laughs> um, one one book, well, actually, John, you'll appreciate this. I walked, I was doing What Would Judas Do? And my grandmother, I gave her the book. Who wrote that? <laughs> oh, I don't know, this dude named, but my grandmother will text me every other day saying how great she thinks your book is. I started doing What Would Judas Do? at the beginning of quarantine and I finished it and I passed it along to her and she really loved it. Wow, I'll Venmo you some money later for saying that. So I appreciate okay, that. Great. Um, <laughs> no, but my book plug is actually uh, "Thoughts That Make Your Heart Sing." Is that mm. yeah? That, it's yeah. the devotional that Sally Jones Jones put out. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's like a couple of years old, but I have just like spiritually been bathing. I, it really is so so sweet and so simple. I think that because um, if I'm being honest, like sitting down and reading books actually makes me more anxious these days. And so mm -hmm. like, I would love, like I have a stack of probably 12,000 mm -hmm. books high of things that I want to read that everyone's just like, this is great. Like the one that you're, that you mentioned, Greg, definitely in my pile. And <laughs> if I'm being honest, sitting down and reading those things aren't refreshing. They're actually causing me anxiety. Mm -hmm. And so being honest with myself and just like, I need something quick, simple, but like a very clear picture of God's faithfulness and his love and his, his affection and his work and his like big pictureness. And I think that thoughts that make your heart sing, thoughts to make your heart sing have just been super sweet in this time. And mm -hmm. it's for, I've given it to families that have like teenagers and college students, or I gave it to my, like my aunt and uncle. So, so I just think it's fabulous. Um, mm -hmm. and I've really loved it. And then the only other thing, just like, it's just a thought of encouragement. Um, one of my old bosses, his name is Brent Baker. He was at Parksy's press with me and he told me this has been eight years, but this phrase is constantly like a, a mantra, if you will, of ministry to me. Um, it's faithfulness, not effectiveness. Mm -hmm. And especially in this time where like, my MO often is like, I really want to be effective and I, I want to see fruit. I want to see all these things. And, and, um, I think during COVID I've learned that faithfulness is where he's called me to right now. And effectiveness, that's the Holy Spirit's job. That is God's work. It's like, it's not, it's, he, he will use me how he uses me. But, um, and so I, I always find that so refreshing to my soul. And so maybe I say that out loud just because, just be faithful to the call, the, the church, the kids in front of you, the parents in front of you, your personal life in front of you, like just be faithful to wake, like to wake up, to have like live just for the day. Hmm. Um, and then effectiveness, um, God's at work all the time in ways that we'll never understand and lean into that rather than feeling like that's my job. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like I've been really humbled because uh, I've had lots of humility. I've needed to really surrender to the cross in ministry. And I'm learning that. And I feel like that phrase has been very um, helpful to me. Hmm. 
Now that's a great place to end. Um, very good word of encouragement for sure. So mm-hmm. Grace and Greg, it's awesome to see you guys, even though it's through Zoom. <laughs> it's, it's still good to see y'all's face to, to be able to dis- discuss youth ministry and the challenges, the joys, the excitement that this season brings. So thank you guys for, for taking the time to come on. Yeah, thank you for asking. You're so welcome, John. It's great to be with you guys. Oh, come and buy without money. Oh, come and feast without